0: Welcome back, y'all. Adorn podcast episode 15. We are continuing our series on who God is, a study in God's attributes. And today we're going to talk about how God is immutable. And we have a very special guest, Miss Evie Nicholson.
1: friends and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible.
0: Okay, so like I mentioned, we have um, Evie here, and just a little background um, on Evie. She and I, um, our families have been really close. Um, We didn't have any family growing up in San Diego that lived nearby, and Evie's family actually is from England, so they didn't have a ton of family nearby either. So our families just became really close, and we spent every holiday together, and um, we were homeschooled together. Shout out to all the homeschoolers. And um, so Evie, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are?
2: Yeah. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, my name's Evie Nicholson. Um, yeah, not born in San Diego, born in Dallas, but raised in San Diego. It's definitely home and um yeah, I was homeschooled and then went through all the turbulence of going to public school after that. <laughs> and then eventually found my groove at UCLA So I was there for Four years and studied psychobiology. Thought I'd be a doctor at this point, but God had different plans for me. <laughs> Was in mm-hmm. college when I really started to like have a relationship with the Lord and um, like actually walk with Him. And through my four years um, in LA, I just felt the Lord leading me to work with college students in a ministry capacity. And so I've actually been a missionary with Crew Campus Crusade for Christ for the last three years. And um yeah, I've worked with students at UCLA and in East Asia. Um and I'm about to start work in, in Orange County at um UC Irvine, go Anteaters and <laughs> Chapman <laughs> University. I'm not sure. I think Chapman University has a cooler mascot, but whatever, Anteaters great. <laughs> <sighs> and I am well, th- so third, so I'm classic middle child too of They're pretty hilarious and rambunctious. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also am aunt, doting aunt to three kiddos, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a six-month-old. And I'm a really big fan of coffee and music and reading and, of course, Parks and Rec. (laughs) Of
0: Of course. Of Of course. Of course.
2: Does it even need to be said? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. I know. (laughs) Who was your favorite character on Parks and Rec? Oh,
2: it's so – that's so hard. Okay. So, I I – (laughs) <laughs> but That's Andy, interesting. Andy Dwyer yes, yes. gets me every time. And I recently learned that most of my older brother's jokes are just quotes from Andy Dwyer. They're, none of it's original. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all just quoting him.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so you talked about how you've been doing ministry in a lot of different places. So what was your your favorite thing about living in East Asia?
2: Oof such a good question um yeah my favorite like surface level thing well I guess it's like surface level and kind of representative of something deeper is um where I lived in East Asia we lived on the 21st floor of an apartment like one apartment building that was one of I think like 20 in our unit and so there's just like people always out and about um because there's so many of us just in, like, in one building of one complex mm-hmm. like, in, you know, one part of the city. And there's always, like, grandmas taking their grandchildren out. And they always call me, like, auntie. You know, it's like, say hi. It's A's in East Asian ese. <laughs> like, it, say hi to auntie. And um, so there's always just, like, babies and, and people to talk to. And I really loved that I could just, like, go outside and Um, almost at any time of the day and and be able to meet people and talk with them. And uh, granted, it was sometimes difficult because my language skills aren't great. But I just love the family values there, like how, yeah, how strong the family unit is. And obviously there's drawbacks to that, just like there's drawbacks to individualism. But um, it was really sweet to get to, like, experience the the beautiful sides of that while I was there.
0: You are definitely an extrovert.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: no me. <laughs> right. That sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: so like I said, I've known uh Evie's family for gosh, 20 years, Evie? Yeah, yeah, 20 years. That makes me sound really old. That is so crazy. Oh my goodness. But yeah, like she talked about her family is rambunctious and I can definitely say a little amen to that. But lots of fun, lots lots of memories. So, could you give us a random fact about you?
2: Yeah. Um,
0: well, you kind of already mentioned it, but one of my go-tos
2: that's always fun for people to just um, experience rather than me tell them, but that's okay. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. Um, my parents are British. <laughs> <Sorry>. And <laughs> so it's okay. My parents are British and um, moved over to the States, or like, right before I was born. So my older brothers are British citizens. Um, But the fun fact is that we all have some weird degree of an English accent when we're together. Um, And it's literally like if I had a friend over and I was telling a story to my friend, if I'm looking at my friend and telling the story, I'll be saying it like I'm speaking now, just classic Valley girl, I guess. But then as soon as I look... (laughs) Turn my body towards my mom. It switches like half halfway through the sentence. I will never forget telling yes. a story about my friend Mark and being like, "Mark, Mark, Mark, Mark." mark. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just a Weird, weird switch that happens when I'm with my family <laughs> and we all. That's do so it. true. I
0: remember that. Yeah, you guys all do do that. I remember thinking you guys are such fakers, but then I realize every time you
1: talk to them, you do it. I'm pretty sure Aaron's told me about that before, and I was like, "What? (laughs) So
0: funny! funny. (laughs) (laughs) So funny!" I um, I have a funny story about your family. So I have, I think I've talked about it on this show. I don't remember if I've talked about it on here or not, but I have a crazy, crazy fear of snakes. I've talked about my fear of masks, but I don't know if I've talked about my fear of snakes, but it's your brothers. And I think you might remember this, but we they caught a snake in your backyard. And then I think we were like laying on the hammock and Harry, your brother, put it on the snake on me. And then later we were in the pool and we were swimming and he put the snake in the pool. And now I'm like terrified. So... Yeah, I was scary.
1: threatened
2: that, like, they would put, like, my older brother Harry would put a spider or a snake in my bed if I didn't do what he wanted me to do. This (laughs) is the fun
1: of older
0: brothers. Oh, wow. So much fun. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, so we're going to switch gears just a little bit, um, if that's Okay. so excited to talk to you about um, God's immutability and um, just kind of what that's meant in your life. And so if you could define immutable for us, you can give us a Google definition and one in your own words. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would love to, because when someone asked me today, what's this podcast? I'm like, Oh, I'm talking about God's immutability. They're like, Sorry, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so, yeah, the Google definition of immutable is unchanging over time or unable to be changed. So, yeah, my, my in my own words, it's just like permanently the same over time, never changing. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about because we don't have really a good standard for that in our lives. It feels like everything. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point because I, and I mean, if we're just to be honest here, I didn't really understand what the word immutable meant up until a couple months ago until I started reading about no, it. No,
1: I didn't either. Honestly, until Ashley Hartgrove mm-hmm. talked about it in one of our podcasts. She was like, yeah, I really like how God's immutable. And I was like, he's what? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) So we Googled it. (laughs) So we Googled it and figured out. So this is awesome. I'm super excited to kind of, um, dig more into this attribute of God. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about why, um, you picked this attribute when, when you're wanting to talk about something and, um, when we were talking about having you on the podcast, why you wanted to talk about this specific attribute.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of background, I think you guys have maybe talked about this, but there are some attributes of God that are communicable, meaning like we can share in them. And then there are some that are incommunicable, So tongue twister, um, meaning (laughs) that like we as humans, even though we're created in his image, we don't share all of his characteristics. And so those are the incommunicable ones. And Um, God's immutability is an incommunicable trait, um, tongue twister, and it is actually one of my favorite things about, like, my favorite traits about God. Um, yeah, I just think that, like, as humans in general, we're often fascinated with things that seem to have not been marred by the passage of time, like, remember going to England as a kid, and my dad took us to this castle, um, that had been around since, you know, like, 800 uh, AD and it's like wow, this is so many hundreds of years old and Mm -hmm. it looks like it probably hasn't changed that much and yeah I think that humans are fascinated by things like that or the Grand Canyon or whatever but even those things that seem like they haven't changed have and so it's crazy to think that like even this thing that's so old has changed but like God has not throughout time so yeah I think it's God's immutability is really hard to wrap your mind around and it's really hard to understand, but I think it gives just like, I mean, I think maybe I'll talk about this later, but I think it gives um, like this underlying foundation for everything else that we know about God to know that he can't change. Mm,
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It makes me think we went to the um, new Bible museum in DC like a month ago And it was just incredible. Like, I would highly recommend anybody go if you can. But it is, it's so fascinating to see these things that, you know, from hundreds and hundreds of years ago... um, and, you know, in your mind, they're unchanged, but they have changed because of time. But we do just have this fascination with things that, that are old and that are from, you know, years and years ago. So I, I think that's a wonderful point And that does, I think that does um, just kind of stir this um, curiosity in us. So I like that. I like that a lot.
0: I think it's, it's hard for us. Like you're saying, there's, there's certain things about God that we share in. And so we're it's easier for us to understand those things. Right. But when we come to something like immutability, it's hard for us because we can't say, oh, that's like a house or, oh, that's like my relationship with my friends or, oh, you know, we can't, we don't have anything to tangibly kind of say, I understand this because I am this way or I know someone who is this way. So it is is—it is harder for us to kind of grasp and understand. Yeah, totally. That's good. So how does this attribute... um that God is immutable. How does it kind of, like you're saying, correlate with the other attributes, like His um, infinitude and His intimate, intimate nature and His goodness and all and all the other attributes you think about when you talk about God?
2: Yeah, oh, totally. Um, well, the when I think about this question, I think of um, this quote from uh, this British guy, Charles Spurgeon, um, and he <laughs> says, <laughs> I gotta keep it in the the British." family and um, who says <laughs> take any one attribute of God and I will write Semper Edom on it always the same take any one thing you can say of God now and it may be said not only in the dark past but in the bright future it shall always remain the same I am Jehovah I change not and mm-hmm. not so good.
1: Like gives me chills. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And just a little plug, we will link it in our show notes, but Erin's um, sister actually sent her a um, link for a podcast where they just, they basically read Spurgeon's sermons. And so we listened to this sermon that this quote is from, mm-hmm. and it was so good. So we'll be sure to link it because it was so good. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love that it's like, Yeah, I think in saying that um, God's immutability builds on the other attributes, I think it's better to flip that and say that all the other attributes of God are built on immutability. Um, Because if we start with the fact that God's character cannot change, then every way that we define his character is that much more, like, reliable and worthy of praise. And, like, his goodness, his intimacy, his infinitude would offer zero comfort to his people if we were wondering – like could could that change could that you know be different at some point and he would not be like a trustworthy god or god we could call a rock if his attributes were subject to change so i love that it's like yeah we can trust that all the other attributes are not going anywhere because of this one
1: <laughs> so um where do we see his immutability in scripture
2: yeah great question it's there's a lot. And I actually, it, I did a project about this for a seminary class that I took. So I'm like, not that I'm by any means a Charles version on the topic, but there's so many places we did like a scriptural survey. Like, where do you see this? And it pops up a lot, but some of my favorite examples are, um, Malachi 3.6, where it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Um, Psalm 33.11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And then James 1.17 says, Every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Um so yeah, just love that it's like in the prophets, in the Psalms, in um in the New Testament, it's like from you know, cover to cover this this idea that God does not change.
0: I love that. In the girls they have this like A B C Bible verse book where they can memorize a scripture for every letter and that Hebrews 13 is the one for J Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. And I love that because it gives us a chance to talk about it. Um, and a level that they can understand, you know, he, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, like, like, that's the easiest way for us to kind of grasp that concept is, he's the same, he is the same, mm-hmm. he is the same, even Jesus is the same. Because Jesus is, you know, God. And so it gives it, it kind of gives a chance to talk about all of these attributes that we've already been talking about. Right. It's perfect.
2: Right. Yep. So cool. Yep. Did you teach them the word immutability? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't. But you know what? They did just learn the word sovereign. And our next attribute we're talking about is sovereignty. So... Yeah, they say God is sovereign, which means he is in control of all things and he
1: takes care of all things, which I think that's pretty good for four-year-olds. They're better
2: theologians <laughs> than
1: I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. What What was the word? You taught them a word when they were really little. Self-control. Self-control, which yeah. d- isn't a long word, but it's a big concept. Yeah, we started that when they were two. And so they were two and they're like, I have self-control or I need to use self-control. or <laughs> Oh, and integrity. That and, was oh, that was the other integrity. one. Integrity. integrity. And it's just so cute, but it goes to show that kids can learn these things and they need to be taught these things early on. So I love it. I love it so much. So in what season did the Lord teach you the most about his immutability? I I feel like it's it's cropped
2: up a lot, but the time where I remember like, first really getting it and first really, like, worshiping God for it was um, at the end of my college career. Um, So college was just, like, such a special time of growth in my Christian walk. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if I was a Christian before then or not, but that's – I can say for sure that in college is where I did, like, start to understand the gospel more and, um, so the end of that, the end of those four years was just this huge disruption in my routine and my relationships and, you know, my reality as I knew it. Because so much of what I knew to be true about God had been learned in this context of being at UCLA. And so it was around this time that I kind of started to question if the, transi- uh, the transition out of college would mean that my relationship with God would change too. And I remember sitting in my truck, like, mentoring a girl who's a year younger than me, and we were kind of processing, like, what, you know, the end of the year meant. And just, like, Danielle, I hate that all of this is changing. Like, I hate that, yeah, everything I know is going to be different. And she's like, well, not everything. God's going to stay the same. And, yeah, I had just seen God's goodness so clearly throughout college and, and had been doubting if that would remain true in the unknown terrain that was ahead and um it was first Danielle kind of speaking that truth into me that like you hate change so much but that can push you to loving God more and through that conversation and many more sobering moments in the word um that season of uh moving out of college and everything was where God really deeply taught me um just how absolutely faithful dependable solid trustworthy and never changing he is and even when life, I mean, almost especially when life feels turbulent and, and tumultuous, you can trust that. And since then, there have been so many more transitions. Like, I've lived in four different places, two different continents, attended four different mm-hmm. churches, and have multiple different job descriptions and friend circles. And yet, through all of that <laughs> flurry of activity, God has remained the same. He's the same God who loves and sustains me. And um, yeah, interestingly enough, it's like, it's the change of life that Jaspers yeah, me on to worship God even more for the fact that he doesn't change and, and if everything stayed the same, I, I wouldn't appreciate it about God as much. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a bigger mm-hmm. contrast when we see the craziness of life and the, how everything changes so fast, it draws a bigger contrast for us to see, but there is one thing and one um, only God is the one who does not change.
1: And I think this is so good because I feel like, everybody can relate to it I feel Mm. like everybody it's almost like you're in a constant transition period you know whether you're going from high school to college or from college to you know the work life or from being single to getting married from having no kids to having kids you know your toddlers all of a sudden end up in the elementary age like there's always Mm -hmm. always these transitions and transitions can be so scary and sometimes you can feel so lonely and just unsure and I think I just I just love this so much because it just is such a good reminder that God is constant like he is the same in that comfortable season that you are in he's gonna be the exact same in the next season even if it feels uncomfortable God is still the same and Mm -hmm. so I just I think that's so good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um in what other ways have you experienced this attribute of god
2: it's interesting because i think it's like there's kind of two different sides to it it's like experiencing the fact that god doesn't change but then also experiencing the flip side of that that everything else does and can change so i was reading um Jen Wilkins' book, None, None Like Him, which I'm pretty sure has been mentioned at least once in this podcast. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> I fully good. endorse so it. Good. Love Jen Wilkins. <laughs> um, but yep. in in that book, she talks about um, how we, we as humans don't possess the characteristic um, of immutability and um, and how, you know, we can experience the attribute more by embracing the fact that we don't possess it and that life mm-hmm. doesn't have it. It's God alone who is unchanging. And so that's kind of resulted in, in two like wake up calls, I guess for me in, in like addressing sin. Um, and one of those is it, like addressing that life can change means that I can accept like unexpected life change as the norm and not be so like derailed when things don't go how I plan them to go or you know, something comes up unexpectedly or whatever, if I truly understand that God alone is unchanging, then those things, I don't have to idolize, like, plans staying the same or mm. or whatever. And then on the other, the flip side of it, personally, um, I think growing up, I kind of believed the script that, you know, people just are the way that they are and they don't you know, people don't really change and how often do you hear that, like, oh, that's just the way they are, they're never gonna change and mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah, accepting that God alone is unchanging means that I can't pretend that I'm immutable in order to make excuses mm-hmm. for unchanged areas of sin in my life. Like I can't say, Well, I'm just I'm just type A and that's how it is and I'm gonna be a jerk when things don't Get done in an efficient <laughs> matter. Like that's just sure. That's, that's like, so good. That's good to know yourself, but you can't. You know that's not a fixed thing. Like I could, I can grow in that area. <laughs> I am not
0: immutable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I was actually reading that chapter on God's immutability this morning in None Like Him, Jill, Jen Wilkin, and um, I loved this. Goes with exactly what you're saying. She says, just as my assurance assurance of salvation rests in the fact that God cannot change, my hope of sanctification rests in the fact that I can.
0: Yeah, so I just is-
1: really liked that a lot because sanctification is such an important process um, for us as believers. And so for that to happen, we can't be immutable. We have to be able to change. And so I thought that was just a really good reminder.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good point that you're touching on is that we, we try to use that as a cop out for sin. Like, oh, I'm just Mm -hmm. a shy, I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't want to share the gospel with anybody because I'm just kind of shy. Like, no, that God obviously gives us different personalities and different gifts, but that doesn't mean you can use it as an excuse to not, you know, share his truth with people or whatever it looks like for you personally not you personally, but like for us personally.
1: (laughs) Next time, next time someone says that I'm going to throw out at them, I'm going to be like, you are not immutable and see what they say.
0: They'll be like, thanks.
1: I don't know. I don't know what that means, but okay. (laughs) So, um, has this been a struggle for you to understand and rest in his immutability at all?
2: I mean, you know, I've totally got this down and just, accept it fully (laughs) I'm just kidding no (laughs) I totally I totally struggled with this and will continue to um yeah I think the main thing that brings it up is that it's just so much easier to listen to my own feelings or life circumstances like over the word of God um Mm -hmm. so yeah when I can't feel God's goodness or his grace or his love it's so easy to believe that like he's temporarily taken it away from me um, or that he's changed his mind about me or that somehow instead of, like, loving and just and merciful and kind, that he's become petty or annoyed or impatient or disappointed in me. And, um, yeah, this can feel true when, um, yeah, I'm just, like, having a hard time in life. Or when I've prayed really specifically for something that, that doesn't get answered the way that I want, it's like, oh, does is, is God suddenly – Demand more of me than like more obedience of me in order to get what I prayed for. And it's just like, feels like my theological truths that I know go out the window and in my gut reaction is like, oh no, this is hard. Um, and it can also, on an intellectual level, be kind of hard to understand God's immutability when I read about like his wrath in the Old Testament. Um, if he never changes, what does that wrath mean now? And if he never changes, then where was his grace then? Um, but I think that when we read the Bible with more depth and exegesis than just like this is confusing, <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. We can find that mm-hmm. God's immutability is true, even if it's not always the easiest to understand. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's there. We just have to kind of dig for it a little bit more. So yeah, definitely like struggle with it intellectually and. Emotionally, pretty much probably every day. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. It's not easy to rest in at all, but so sweet when I when God like enables me to do so.
0: I think that's such a good point because I um, I've dealt with the same thing you're talking about, like with the Old Testament stuff. And I think for me, it's like when I read something um, about like how Abraham, um, when God said He was going to destroy. Sodom and Gomorrah, I think. And he's like, well, if, if I find 50 righteous people, will you not? And it seems like that Abraham, yeah. it almost seems like Abraham's changing God's mind. But I mean, we know that ultimately, that's not true. We don't get to manipulate God. But it seems like that when you read it. So it's hard sometimes when you're like, okay, God does not change. God is immutable. But then we see what seems to look like that we can change God's mind with our prayers. But like you're saying, if we study deeper, then we understand that those opportunities are more of um, a chance for us to be sanctified by coming to God and bringing our requests to Him, but that His plan doesn't actually ever change.
2: Yeah, I remember someone telling me once that, like, if there's something in the Bible that you don't understand, it's probably on you, not on God. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> when good. you come, it's like so clear throughout most of Scripture that God is immutable. So when you encounter times where you're like, oh, but is it? It's probably lack of. Knowledge and wisdom on our part more than like God being wrong,
0: <laughs> right? And that mm-hmm. kind of goes back to what we talked about with biblical literacy: is that you need to use the Bible to yep. to understand the Bible scripture and scripture to, to in- interpret, interpret scripture. scripture. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's yeah. good. So, how does um, this affect your everyday life?
2: Yeah, that's also a good question. Um, yeah, I think all of our lives would be hugely impacted if if this wasn't true because God we would, he would just be like flip floppy. Right. And I think um, mm-hmm. like my faith and therefore daily choices, career decisions, attitude towards everything in life um, would not be built on a solid foundation. If I could not trust that God was immutable and without this assurance and the certainty, I think it would be, I would be constantly questioning if God's commands were worth following or if his character was worth mm. trusting in like when different life circumstances came up and yeah, I don't, I think that if I didn't truly believe that the God of the Old Testament was the same as the God of the New Testament and the God of all time, then it would really be easy to pick and choose parts of the Bible that affirmed what I was already feeling instead of letting the whole Bible speak into my life and, like, rebuke and correct me. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if God's changing, I'm just going to choose the parts that I agree with um, because then I'll let, you know, the changing parts that I don't like just go away because maybe they'll change. Um, so yeah, God never changing means that his plans never change either. And so this affects my daily life because it gives me confidence to believe that when God says something will happen, um, like when he makes a promise to his people, he literally can't go back on it because His character doesn't change. Um, so this just gives me way more in daily life, like way more confidence to know that I am saved because like God has promised salvation through grace and just know different things that, yeah, different promises that he's made in scripture. He will not go back
0: on. Yeah. That goes back to that original definition that you said that they're unable to change. Mm
1: -hmm. Immutable means unable to change. I like in that Spurgeon sermon, he talked about how like if God was able to change, then we look at his attribute of being perfect. Well, that means that the next day he could be imperfect and, and, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not a possibility for God. God can't be imperfect. Same thing with his, um, how he's infinite. You know, if he, if he were able to change one day, he would be infinite. The next day he would be finite and God can't be finite. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, and so, yeah, I just, that's, that's really good. I, like I think, that. I think too, what you're saying about the Bible, I think
0: that's a really good point because how scary and pointless would it, the bible be if it could change because we would be like well i don't know if that's true anymore or tomorrow exactly. that might be true and it would be we wouldn't have like god with us like we do in the bible if his word could change because it's written there and we'd be like well it might mean that still it might not we yeah. don't know it wouldn't it's, be infallible yeah exactly yeah so how how would you say that the the um the fact that god is immutable plays into the gospel
2: yeah yeah i think we definitely kind of already touched on it, just that, like, when God said there's salvation um, by by grace and grace alone, that, um, like, he meant that, and it's not like he's going to change his mind on that, and, and one day it demands that we work for it, and one day say that we don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this old hymn that kind of touches on this really well, and, and part of the hymn goes, um, my name from the palms of his hands, eternity will not erase. Impressed on his heart, it remains in marks of indelible grace. Oh, just so good. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. just being able to see, that, like, yeah, our our names are written in the book of life, and and God's not gonna gonna change that at any point. Uh, we're impressed on His heart. Um, so yeah, I think that that's it. Just gives so much confidence and assurance when thinking about the gospel that that this is how God has planned it from before creation began and this is how it
0: will always be yep that makes me think of um, in Ephesians in the first chapter it says we were chosen before the foundation of the world and then it goes on to say that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and that's that goes exactly with what you're saying and it just makes me think like how scary if he wasn't immutable like how scary it would be for us like every decision we make would be like ah is God gonna love me is he not gonna love me if you know oh if we could rest yeah. on the fact that he is not changing yeah
1: Evie, this has just been so fun, and I have just learned so much, Mm -hmm. and this has just been such a great conversation um, about how God is never changing, and um, thank you so, so much for talking with us today. Um, What are some resources you would recommend for someone wanting to study the attributes of God, or specifically his immutability? yeah yeah first thank you guys for having me this is my first podcast experience and i'm
2: still so honored <laughs> so thank yeah. you for having me <laughs> um my debut you know um
1: <laughs> yeah I, love it.
2: Resources, <laughs> um, I would recommend i mean we've mentioned two of them that um the the sermon from spurgeon about the immutability of god um and then i think there's like a a booklet that I found online um, from Spurgeon that talks about this. And also Jen Wilkins' None Like You is, I feel like she just makes theology so accessible for, like, a Mm -hmm. layperson. So, yeah, definitely her chapter on immutability, but while you're on it, just read the whole
0: book over and over again. (laughs) Um,
2: And then one of Jen Wilkins', like, inspirations kind of for writing her book is Arthur Pink's The Attributes of God. Um, and I have read bits and pieces of that book, haven't, can't endorse the whole thing because I haven't read the whole thing, but if Jen Wilkin likes it, um, I'm sure it's good, but the bits and pieces that I've read have been really helpful
0: too. Okay. Now I have a special request. You don't have to, if you feel like you can't, but maybe hold up a picture of your mom (laughs) or is your mom there? Have your mom, look at your mom. Can you, (laughs) (laughs) we always end with a favorite Bible verse or quote. So can you do it with your accent?
2: Yes, but to all the listeners out there, don't judge me because it's going to sound probably a little weird because my mom's not in the room. <laughs> but I can try. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> I'll just pretend I'm going to, like, yeah, picture her in my head. She's probably laughing at this now she listens. Um, okay, so this is, of course, from Jen Wilkins, Nun like Him, and it's like one of my favorite quotes from that whole chapter. And it says, those grasping for the comfort of certainty are wisely reminded that the only certainty is change itself not a particularly comfort comforting thought but it's also not a very accurate one it's closer to the truth to say that the only certainty is god himself who changes not yes (laughs) love
1: it (laughs) perfect (laughs) yay
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend.
1: The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.